Holy Spirit, I ask that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear and show us Jesus. Amen. Proverbs 25.2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal things, and the glory of kings is to search it out. It is the glory of God to conceal things. God likes to play hide and seek. God likes a good treasure hunt. A picture of a man here named Forrest Fenn. Anybody know who Forrest Fenn is? Forrest Fenn was a fighter pilot in Vietnam, shot down twice. Um, after Vietnam, he moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and became an art and antiquities dealer, um, mostly Native American, North American antiquities, gold, and Indian art. He was quite an interesting character. He had two pet alligators at his art studio named Beowulf and Elvis. So this is the kind of guy that we're, uh, we're dealing with here. In 1988, Forrest Finn got kidney cancer. He planned to spare his family a long, drawn-out ordeal with cancer treatment. And being an art and valuables, coin and gold and jewelry collector, he, he made a plan to pack a treasure chest full of his most valuable things, leave a note behind at home, and wander off into the wilderness and die holding his treasure chest. And the note would say, whoever finds my bones can have the treasure. This is in 1988. He didn't die. He survived his kidney cancer, but the idea of the treasure hunt took hold of him such that for the next 20 years he went about creating a plan for the greatest treasure hunt in world history and he had a 22 pound bronze box made and filled it full of 20 pounds of gold and jewels. Next picture. That's the treasure chest. He, his friends say that he packed and repacked and thought and rethought through what he wanted to put in it. He, at one point, he had a collection of $1,000 bills, which are still legal tender but not made anymore. And at one point, he had a land title and he had bank checks. Um, but he decided that these paper things weren't, maybe wouldn't last if somebody didn't find it for hundreds of years and, and so on. And so he, he packed and repacked and rethought and rethought what he was going to do with this treasure chest. For 20 years, and in August 2010, at 80 years old, he took this treasure chest off into the mountains and left it. And then he came home and wrote a book called The Thrill of the Chase, where he told the world, there's a treasure chest hidden in the American wilderness somewhere, and a poem. Best friend told him, he said, Forrest, people are a lot smarter than you think. It'd be really sad if three days from now somebody goes off and finds your chest. He says, no. He says, no, it'll take 900 years. So here is the poem that's in the book, The Thrill of the Chase, that supposedly contains 10 clues on the location of his treasure chest. As I have gone alone in there, and with my treasures bold, I can keep my secret where... And hints of riches, new and old. Begin it where warm waters halt and take it in the canyon down. Not far, but too far to walk. Put in below the home of brown. 
From there, it's no place for the meek. The end is drawing ever nigh. There'll be no paddle up your creek, just heavy loads and water high. If you've been wise and found the blaze, look quickly down your quest to cease. But tarry scant with marvel gaze. Just take the chest and go in peace. So why is it that I must go and leave my trove for all to seek? The answer I already know. I've done it tired and now I'm weak. So hear me all and listen good. Your effort will be worth the cold. If you are brave and in the wood, I give you title to the gold. So this book was published with this poem that he said contained 10 hints on where the treasure chest was, the picture of the treasure, and these hints. It's in the mountains north of Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's between five and 10,200 feet elevation. It's under trees and under stars. It's not in a cemetery or a mine or near any human path. It's not under anything or buried. A child would have an advantage in seeing it, and it was packed in on foot by an 80-year-old man. 42 pounds, packed in on foot by an 80-year-old man. Those were his hints in this book published in 2010. From the picture, other art and gold coin dealers and such estimated the treasure chest was worth one to three million. And at first, only the treasure hunter community, and there is such a thing, um, knew about this book and this treasure. But the Today Show featured the treasure and the book in 2013, and people went crazy. It's estimated that 350,000 people have searched for this treasure since 2013. High school dropouts and PhDs, rich and poor, men and women, young and old, mostly Americans, but some people have traveled internationally to come and search. The bored, the adventurer, the desperate, the insane, the retired, the puzzle cracker, the gold bug, the quirky, the obsessed. A Chicago attorney, a retired Boston police officer, a hermit who lived in a cave in the desert mountains, the inventor of jelly bellies. <laughs> An online community of millions of people grew up. There were conventions in Vegas and Santa Fe and Yellowstone, and people gathered and online and in person to endlessly discuss their solves for what the poem meant. And at first, mostly people just searched in the mountains immediately north of Santa Fe, but when Finn caught on that they weren't looking far enough, he said, there's a long line of mountains north of Santa Fe, meaning the Rocky Mountains. He specifically ruled out Utah and Idaho. Um, eventually, thousands of seriously obsessed treasure hunters had published over 3,000 ideas on where this treasure was, how to interpret this poem. A large number of them centered on the Montana-Wyoming border uh, at Yellowstone. A former cop from Seattle made 17 trips to Yellowstone in those seven years, uh, the next seven years. Um, unknown hundreds of people moved to the Rocky Mountain states so that they could search in their time off work. People decoded the poem in all sorts of different ways. Some counted words, some counted letters, some tried homonyms, some tried all sorts of mathematical patterns they were searching for. One group claimed to find a latitude and longitude coordinates in the poem. Hear me now, no matter how many times Finn said, none of that matters, the fanatics still kept trying to break a code. What everyone looked for was place names and geography and rivers and canyons. Many people 
Thousands of people spent their life savings and maxed out their credit cards, traveling and treasure hunting. There were some bankruptcies. There were a few divorces. A Nevada man attempted to kidnap his granddaughter, hold her for ransom. A Pennsylvania man broke into his house with an axe and his daughter had to hold him at gunpoint until the police arrived. One woman snuck into his backyard and started digging. One man dug up his parents' graves. The city of West Yellowstone, Montana, found a woman trying to pull up the town's storm sewer grates at 4 a.m. one morning because she thought he'd hidden it in the storm sewer. In all, Forrest Finn says he got 13,000 emails, 18 marriage proposals, and Montana and New Mexico state tourism boards officially advertised, come to our state and search for Forrest Finn's treasure. There were five deaths. A 58 and a 62-year-old men um, rented snowmobiles in Colorado to go search in the Dinosaur National Monument. They got lost. Search and rescue had to be called. Two weeks later, they did the same thing again, and one of them died, and the other one had to be pulled out on a helicopter a second time in two weeks. A rafter on the Arkansas River in Colorado died. A man set out in a kid's pool raft on the Rio Grande River in the wilderness in New Mexico and died. A pastor from Colorado died in the same wilderness area along the Rio Grande in New Mexico. A climber fell 500 feet in Yellowstone and died. The New Mexico State Police Chief asked Finn to call off the search, but... He did not. A University of North Dakota psychologist did an academic study on the personalities of these treasure hunters, interviewing all who would consent to ask, answer questions. And um, they found these people to be normative in their personality, mood regulation, and childhood development. But 10% of the respondents did admit that their obsession was an addiction and it disrupted the rest of their life. One Texas couple spent 700 full days hiking in Mexico, Wyoming and Montana. They trained their Vizsla, uh, their puppy, to smell bronze. They flew a drone over countless canyons, built a satellite, bought a satellite internet for their 4x4 RV, worked remotely from the wilderness. They would leave Texas in April and return home in September. They hired a lawyer in four states where they were searching. He's a computer programmer. He wrote an algorithm to analyze facial expressions and pupil dilations, and he fed that computer program every second of video of Forrest Finn interviews that he could find, and the computer determined that Finn's face reacted every time Wyoming was mentioned, so he redoubled his efforts in Wyoming. After some years went by and no one had found it, he was accused of lying, that the whole thing was a hoax just to sell books. Um, it was a fraud, there was no treasure, and he was just laughing all the way to the bank, but he didn't make a dime off of his book. It all went to a local bookstore in Santa Fe. There were numerous lawsuits from failures who claimed that he had led them to ruin their lives by lying to them. Of course, they couldn't prove he was lying, they just maxed out their credit cards, and now they're mad, pouting, and so they sue. But there was, became a group of people who were utterly convinced that he was misleading people on purpose. But in June, on June 6th of 2020, 90-year-old Forrest Finn announced on his blog that the treasure had been found. We were occupied with other things in June of 2020, but there were thousands of people searching in the wilderness for this treasure. Forrest said, I do not know the person who found it, but the poem in my book led him to the precise spot. Ten days later, these three photos were published. This is the treasure chest as it was found, where it was found, sitting in the wilderness. That's what it looked like 
as the person who wished to remain anonymous found it. And then that person called the finder brought it to Forrest Finn and his attorney. There's a couple more pictures in the attorney's office of Finn inspecting the treasure and verifying that the artifacts and the coins and the gold nuggets, the treasure actually was found and real. And so the, so because in the intervening 10 days, um, all of these thousands of people who were out there searching for it had demanded evidence that it had actually been found and or they, they weren't going to quit searching. So even though the finder wished to remain anonymous, um, Forrest Finn published those pictures. On, in July 22 of 2020, Forrest published this. Because I promised the finder I would not reveal who found it or where, I have remained mostly silent. However, the finder understands how important closure is for the many searchers. So today he agreed that we should reveal the treasure was found in Wyoming. And then there were numerous additional lawsuits. And then September 7, Forrest Finn's daughter found him deceased in his bedroom of natural causes. So at 90 years old, just a month and a half after all this, he passed away. Two weeks later, September 23rd, a website called Medium, which allows people to publish things anonymously, um, there was an essay written called A Remembrance of Forrest Finn, written by the person who claims to be the anonymous finder. He says, quote, I am the person who found Forrest's famed treasure. Hear me now. Have ears to hear. Listen. The moment it happened, finding the treasure, the moment it happened was not the triumphant Hollywood ending some surely envisioned. It felt like I had just survived something and was fortunate to live out on the other end. The finder says it took him 25 full days of scouring one specific area to locate the treasure. He only first learned of the treasure hunt in 2017. He spent every moment when he's not at work obsessing over the book and maps and videos and interviews of Forrest Fenn. He solved the riddle in 2018. In less than a year, he solved the riddle that was in the poem, but he wasn't able to locate the actual chest for two years. Quote, this treasure hunt was the most frustrating experience of my life. There were times when I, when I, exhausted, covered in scratches and bites and sweat and pine pitch, and nearing the end of my day's water supply, I sat on a downed tree and just cried, alone in the woods, in sheer frustration. And there were numerous more lawsuits. A Chicago attorney claimed that she was the one who'd actually solved the poem so that the treasure should be hers. 47-year-old Chicago attorney was living in her car in Santa Fe, had canceled all of her clients and her trial dates and moved to Santa Fe to live in her car. She claims that she solved the poem and that this anonymous finder stole her solve and found the treasure chest and lied that it was in Wyoming. So she's suing. And a Florida man is suing both Finn's descendants and his estate and the finder, saying that Forrest moved the treasure chest four times because he was almost ready to find it. So he never found it or saw a thing. He's just so certain that he was right that Forrest kept moving the treasure so he wouldn't find it. I mean, people are loony, absolutely crazy because of what they create reality in their own head. What I think is right, no matter what, actually happened. 
So because of those two lawsuits, the finder was going to have to be deposed in court. So he came out of the open December 7, 2020 in an article in Outdoor Magazine, 32-year-old Michigan native Jack Stuff, which is the next picture. This is, he published this picture and his name saying, here I am with the treasure, with Forrest Fenn, in the pictures you've all already seen three months ago. So he's 32 years old, a medical student from Michigan. He says in his interview where he published his photo and his name, he says, I read you what he'd said. He'd just found out about the treasure chest in 2017. He solved the poem in a year, but it took him two years of hiking and searching and find, to find it, um, even though he believed he knew where it was. He said, I read all the ideas online. I read everybody else's idea. He said, but the key is to avoid groupthink. Don't listen to what every, the, the group is thinking. You've got to think on your, on your own. You've got to think outside everybody else's box. Be creative and individual. He said, don't fix it, fixate on one solve. Don't assume, oh, I, I figured it out. I know where the warm waters halt. I know where the house of brown is. I know where the paddle, the creek you won't paddle is, and these things in the poem. He says, you got to keep the big picture in mind. When asked if figuring out the puzzles required the use of anagrams or GPS coordinates or a sophisticated code of sorts, stuff was clear in his response. No, he says, I don't want to say that the people, that those people were stupid for thinking those things were valid or that they were being irrational. I think Forrest designed this to be fun, so whatever people got out of it that gave them fun, that was fun. But the solution, Stuff says, hear me now, is far more tied to understanding Finn's emotions. And to a close examination of the poem itself, rather than puzzle-solving skills, Forrest simply didn't care about puzzles and riddles, he was interested in adventure and legacy and history. Quote, there is no reason to think, this is from the man on the left, the finder, talking about Finn after he's deceased, there was no reason to think that all those codes and math and patterns would be something he was interested in or had any experience in. I mean, he was coming to this not from the perspective of a riddler or a puzzle master. He was not a fan of armchair treasure hunts. He was a man of action, and his point of reference was pirates. <laughs> his purpose was not to create a great puzzle and to show everyone how smart and slick he was. His purpose was to create a historic legend. None of that supports mental solutions. He was open about that. Here's the here's key quote from Jack Stuff. In 2018, I figured out where Forrest wanted to die. Back in 1988. Reading the books, watching all of his hundreds of TV interviews, because people were crazy about this. This was written about in the Chicago newspapers and the New York Times and international newspapers. He said, I... I I figured out where Forrest had wanted to originally die with his treasure. Where is the most special place in his heart? This is not a math code. This is about his heart. Stuff said it was Finn's interviews that finally gave him the, the final pieces to the puzzle. Despite a lot of speculation, solving the riddle didn't involve the use of anagrams or kangaroo words or GPS coordinates or sophisticated codes. It was media appearances that provided him with the last crucial details. It's based on a close reading of the text. He said, you have to have the correct interpretation of the poem. Listen to this really closely. Jack says, I understood him by reading his words 
listening to him talk over and over and over and over again and seeking out anything I could get my hands on that told me who he was. If you have ears to hear, you already know where we're going. So earlier this year, Jack Stuff says, I have medical school bills to pay, and he sold the treasure to an auction house, and it is on sale right now, online auction, if you want to buy one of the pieces of this treasure. There are raw gold nuggets. The largest one there is almost a pound. There are gold coins. There are necklaces and earrings and charms and pendants of Native American art. Those two gold discs are um, uh, from Colombia, and they're dated to two to 600 AD. Um, there's stuff from um, Central American cultures from before, that's over a thousand years old. There are 476 gold pieces and coins, among them a 549 gram Alaskan gold placer, roughly the size of a hen's egg, a 1928 St. Gaudens double eagle coin, numerous Liberty double gold eagles, uh, Liberty half eagles, Indian eagles, and many other gold nuggets. Finn also stashed centuries old gold jewelry in the chest, um, a pendant from Costa Rica, that's circa 700 A.D. and a gold pendant from Columbia, circa 200 A.D. And it is projected to sell um, in the next two weeks, individually pieced, but for a total of one to three million. The auction goes until December 12th if you want to buy a piece. Luke 9, 25, Jesus said, What profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? That happened to a lot of people there. Thousands of people wanted to gain a treasure chest and ruin their lives. It's, it's shocking what people will do um, for gold. A lot of them, I'm sure, was, it was just fun. It was just a blast. The Texas couple that lived in their RV all spring and summer, they said that, that it, was, it was tremendously disappointing when they found out that it had been found, but, but they're like, it, it, this, is, this was the best part of our life. It was just hiking all over Montana and Wyoming. and um, the, the man did admit that he was beyond obsessed <laughs> and needed to get over not being the one to find it. But uh, his wife said, we had a great time. It was a blast. <laughs> Proverbs 25.2 said, it is the glory of God to conceal things and the glory of kings to search it out. So apart from the sin of the greed and the selfishness and the pride of people suing because they weren't the one to find it, apart from that, I have been telling you about Jesus. Jesus loves a good treasure hunt, and he has hidden treasure for us to find, and it thrills him. Matthew 7 and Luke 13 say, strive to enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. Many seek it, many seek it, but there are few who find it. Many seek Jesus' way to eternal life, but there are few who find it. Many seek it. What are we seeking? That many seek but few find? 
Yes, Jolynn, let's go to Genesis 15. God says, After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield, I am your exceedingly great reward. God is our treasure that we are seeking. Jesus is the treasure that we are seeking. He is our exceeding great reward. And he says in Jeremiah 29, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will be found by you. God loves hide and seek, but he is not hiding. Come on, he buries the treasure, but, but he wants to be found. He is not trying to trick you. He's not trying to outsmart you. He's not trying to hide from you. He's wanting to be found. So believe what he has written. Come on, believe the book. There's the treasure map. Matthew 13, 44, Jesus said, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Jesus said, if you're serious about a treasure hunt, you will pay everything for it. I really feel bad for the people who bankrupted themselves and maxed out their credit cards on travel expenses coming to Colorado and Wyoming and Montana and New Mexico. But Jesus said, that's how you find treasure. But he also said, you can gain the whole world and lose your soul and you've wasted everything. They're searching for the wrong treasure. But that is the level of commitment it takes to be a treasure hunter. These people just ruined their physical lives hunting for a physical treasure. But that is the level of commitment you must have. If you want to find treasure, it is not out in the open. It is not easy. You're not going to stumble over it. If you have ears to hear, listen. You're not going to accidentally go to church for four decades of your life and end up in heaven. It is a treasure hunt. It is buried and you have to pay everything to find it. You do not go to church to get spoon-fed sermons and end up with treasure. That is the level of commitment it takes. And one more scripture, I believe. 2 Timothy 4, 6-8. Paul, in the very last paragraphs that he wrote in his life. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight and I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Paul says, I'm about, to, I'm about to get the treasure, meaning he's going to die and meet Jesus. I'm about to get the treasure. I know where it's at, and I'm going there. But what does he say? I am drained. I, my life is poured out as an offering to God. What did Jack Stuff say? It was not a joyful, triumphant Hollywood movie moment. It was the most frustrating, hard work, defeating, deflating thing to find this thing. Come on. I'm not 
telling you to be defeated and deflated. I'm trying to encourage you because I know you feel defeated and deflated. And you're like, I'm not finding the treasure. Guess what? You're doing it right. No matter how frustrated or how lost or how confused or how, where is this thing? Where is, where is my righteousness? Where is God? You're, you're doing it right. You haven't missed it. You're doing it right. That's the way treasure hunts go. And at the very end, you find it. Paul says, I'm drained. I have poured out my entire life. I have nothing left. But I know where the treasure is. And I'm about to get it. So there's differences in God's treasure as opposed to Forrest Finn's treasure. Forrest Finn just had one treasure and only one person can find it. God has one treasure, but everybody gets it. Everybody who wants to find it can find it. Everybody gets the same treasure. Everybody can have it. Because thousands before us have found it, it doesn't deplete it at all for us to find it. And with God's treasure, those who have found it are allowed to tell everyone where it is. Because in the way God has made this thing work, you, even though I can tell you where I found it or somebody else, you still have to search for it. Because it's in you. It's all the same treasure. And we find it in the same place. But I can only find it in here. And you can only find it in there. So we're allowed to tell each other where it's at. We're allowed to read the book. Interpret the poem. And say this is what it is. And then it's still so hidden. And the process is so formative of your soul. That God does not swoop in and save you and help you find it. He makes you dig. And the other really cool thing about God's treasure is you're never done. There's always more to find. There's never a deflating moment where I'm 39 years old and I've lived for this thing for seven years and all of a sudden somebody else found it and, and it's over. And now what does my life mean? Which is what a lot of them are finding. A whole bunch of these people are in therapy now. Because their purpose in life was finding this treasure, and it's what they live for, it's what they obsessed over, and it's over. With God, it's never over. You can find very real, thrilling, universal value, and there's still more. It's inexhaustible. Lazy people will tell you it can't be done. Whatever treasure in God you're searching for, lazy people will tell you it can't be done. Jealous people won't believe you. Or they'll make up lies about you. Or they'll try to steal what you found. Cynical failures will tell you there is no treasure and there never was. And that book's just empty promises. It's just fraudulent words. I tried to believe that. Didn't work for me. I didn't find any treasure in there. Cynical failures will tell you there is no treasure and there never was. And those kind of people will give you lots of trouble. And you won't be understood. And you might be falsely accused. Many, 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 many other treasure hunters will tell you they have it figured out. When they don't. <laughs> they will tell you their self-convinced ideas about what the poem means. But you can look at their life and say, ah, they haven't found it yet. Avoid groupthink. And stay focused on your search.
Listen to everyone, but don't. And your treasure hunt, you're not looking for a Hollywood happy ending. You're not looking for a strike at rich moment. You're not looking to win the lottery. And my life will permanently change and be perfect. It won't be glamorous. You will, have, you will be happy to have survived the search. If you find the real treasure, you will be happy to just have survived the search. And it will cost you everything. Jesus said so. But it, what you receive will be worth more than whatever you pay. It will require lots and lots of work. To the point of obsession, really. Concentration, all-consuming desire. If you want this treasure, these people, they literally forsook their life. And millions of people in church do not do that. For real treasure, which is eternal. They just sort of armchair treasure hunt their Christianity. Listen, 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 listen. To understand the words, you must know the man. Listen. Everybody else was trying to figure out the poem. Jack Stuff said, I wanted to know the man so that I would understand the poem. Come on, I got goosebumps. We are not trying to decode the book. We're trying to know the man so that he can tell us what the poem means. Come on. Yes, read the book so that you can know the man so that he can tell you what the book means. Yes, and he will show you where the treasure is because he says, I want to get found. Come and find me. So do not listen to the people who use the Bible like a code or a tool or I have figured out all the symbols in Revelation and Daniel. No, you have not. You are a fool and I automatically reject you. Do you know the man? The, the Bible is not some secret code. It, that Stuff like that gets marketed in books and YouTube videos. But Jesus said in John 5, he told the Pharisees, you search the scriptures because you think in there is eternal life. But that word speaks of me and you refuse to come to me where real life is. That's exactly what Jack Suf did with Forrest Finn. I read the words, but I needed to know him so that I would understand the words. Jesus said, you search the scriptures they're not, by themselves, they're not going to give you eternal life. You must know the author of the poem so that he can tell you what the poem means so that you can find the treasure because he wants to be found. Jesus is a man of action. Come on, Forrest Finn was a man of action. Not, he did, Forrest Finn did not want to impress people by how complex his riddle was. Jesus does not want to impress us by how complex his word is. He wants, he made it simple. He talked about fish and birds and wheat and rain. And I mean, he made it as plain as possible and it is infinitely mysterious, but he made it really simple. He's a man of action. He is not about overthinking secret codes and riddles and numbers and exotic interpretations and obscure prophecies and figuring things out. Just go out and live the gospel and you will find treasure. Live the gospel. 
take care of your neighbors and the widows and orphans and the unsaved at work and in your family and, and you will find treasure. And lastly, which I think is probably the most important point, do you, know, do you hear where Jesus' treasure is? Have you figured it out yet? It's where he died. It's the most special place. I'm not saying that his death is the treasure. I'm saying the treasure is where he died. You go to the cross. You take your cross there, and you hang it next to his, and you get up on it, and you'll find treasure. That's why Jesus said many, many seek it, but few find it. Because every Christian in the whole world knows Jesus said we have to take up our cross and follow him. But very, very, very few people actually die on their cross. You go to Golgotha. I mean, with your troublesome family, your unsaved co-workers, dealing with the sin in your own heart, wrestling with God over that addiction, that thing you can't get over, that you go and die. You go to Calvary. That's where the treasure is. When you get there, you'll see it. You, you can't see it until you're there. But I promise you that's where it's at. And Jack Stuff was the only one that figured that out. Where did, when he thought he was dying, where was the most special place in the world? Where did he want to go sit and rest his bones? That's a prophecy, folks. Amen.